Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Hope for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now, you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hi, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, 10 Simple Steps for Creating and sending marketing email that your customers will love, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link can be located on my Facebook or YouTube pages, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are questions you have or comments you'd like to leave, please send those to media at abandp.com. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. Normally, I have a guest and a specific topic, but with recent legislation changes for both the Paycheck Protection Program and the Employee Retention Credit, I wanted to talk to you today about these two pieces of legislation changes that can affect you and allow you to have additional funding to help you in your business. The first thing that I wanted to talk about really are what are the ERTC and the PPP. So the ERTC, again, is the Employee Retention Tax Credit. And this was legislation that was originally passed with the CARES Act to give you credit if you retained your employees uh, on the payroll and you continued paying them even if your business was shut down or you know had some reduction in your capabilities um, but and it was meant to keep your employees on payroll. The paycheck protection program was one that would also assist you with covering your payroll costs and there were some calculations that had to be done in order to determine your loan amount. And this was a loan and not a tax credit. Um, these were basically updated also with the Taxpayer Certainty and Disaster Tax Relief Act of 2020, which amended these regulations. So 
let's start talking first about how these even came about, what the credits really were, how you were able to calculate those credits, and then go into what these changes are. So again, the CARES Act was passed originally March 27th, 2020 to help with the impact of the coronavirus pandemic and the shutdown that occurred with most of the locations here in the United States, um, some more than others, um, but obviously businesses were affected. And the CARES Act had multiple aspects to it, including the stimulus payments that were made to individuals or families, um, the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, the expansion of the Economic Impact Disaster Loans, also known as EIDLs, E-I-D-L, and of course the Employee Retention Tax Credit. So let's first talk about the ERTC and what those regulations originally were. Basically, this was a refundable tax credit um, that was going to be against the employment taxes that you would normally pay. Now, of course, as an employer, you know that you have Social Security match, a Medicare match. Of course, there's federal unemployment and state unemployment or other types of payroll taxes that you generally have to pay. Um, but on the um, employer side for federal, you will remit to the IRS your Social Security and Medicare amounts, as well as what was withheld from your employees for Social Security, Medicare, and their federal withholding. These amounts, of course, are calculated each time you have a payroll, and depending on your tax payment requirements, whether you're a monthly or semi-weekly, you would be remitting those taxes after the pay periods end. Basically, what this allowed you to do was determine the amount of the tax that would have been paid and to reduce that by the amount of the credit that you would have been qualified for based on what you paid your employees. Now, what was that amount of credit that you would receive? So basically, the law stated that you would have a 50% credit for wages paid to employees after March 12th. So between March 13th, 2020 and December 31st, 2020. And you had up to a $10,000 total compensation for the year that would qualify for this credit. So if you had employees make at least $10,000, a 50% credit meant you had $5,000 per employee that you would be able to use. Now, of course, if your employees made less than $10,000, it would be 50% of their compensation. Additional amounts uh, could be included for healthcare costs that you incurred, your expense, not the total payment for healthcare, but your expense could also be you know, accounted for in that cost. You had to have a full or partial suspension of your business in order to qualify for this. And, um, or there's actually two factors. You had to have a 50% or greater reduction of your income as well. So either you were partially or completely shut down or you had a 50% or greater reduction in your 2020 income compared to the same period in 2019. Employers with 100 or more full-time employees could only take this credit for amounts that were paid to the employees when they were not working. So for instance, if you retained your employees, uh, but they had not been able to perform any work because you were shut down, 
or you just had no business because no one was reaching out, then you could claim that amount. Um, but for those employers who had 100 or less full-time employees, they could actually count all wages paid to the employees, even if they were providing services for the business. The employer could retain the amount of tax that would have been deposited on that payroll schedule um, against the amount that was paid for this credit. Now, again, if you would have had a greater amount that was due to you than what you owed in taxes, you could also apply for that advance credit on the form 7200. Uh, because what should happen in the long run is, again, this is a tax credit on your income tax return. Um, so you're asking for credit in advance of being able to file that return. And again, if you didn't have enough payroll taxes to actually offset that credit, then you could fill out the form 7200 and claim that amount. There was an update, though, with the Taxpayer Certainty and Disaster Tax Relief Act, which was passed at the end of December in 2020. This extended this credit through the second quarter of 2021. It also changed the amount to 70% of the wages paid through June 30th, 2021, which is a credit of $7,000. But it also changed it to be per quarter instead of per year, where the 2020 is up to $10,000 of wages for the whole year from that March 13th date through December. This will allow you to allow up to the $10,000 in the first quarter and the second quarter. 70% of that would be $7,000 per quarter. So you have a total of a $14,000 potential credit per employee. And again, you can also include your health care costs in that calculation as well. The decline in gross receipts has now been changed from 50% or more to 20% or more. Um, and it's comparing again your 2021 first quarter to your 2019 first quarter and your 2021 to the uh, second quarter, you know, 2019 and your second quarter 2021. So it does have to still compare into that quarter. Um, if you're 20% less in the first quarter, but your reduction is not that 20% in the second, then obviously you only count that for the first quarter. So once your income has started to go back up again, um, then of course you're not able to claim that credit. Uh, the number of employees was changed to 500 full-time instead of just 100 full-time. So many more businesses can now actually qualify for this credit as well. Now let's talk about the Paycheck Protection Program. That was originally also implemented with the CARES Act and this was basically a loan that you could apply for. And then later on you could apply for forgiveness and based on if you used your funds correctly, that amount could be forgiven. So the original PPP said that businesses with less than 500 employees could apply. And the loan was basically two and a half times your average payroll costs. So you would take your 2019 figures, you would multiply, you know, the uh, amount basically by the two and a half times and then divide by 12. And that was your total amount that you could qualify. Uh, and so that would be based on your total compensation, your state payroll tax amount and your health care costs. 
Um, that was what you could include in that calculation to determine that 2.5 months of the salary costs. Originally, you had to use 75% of the loan proceeds for those payroll costs, and 25% would be for non-payroll costs that were allowed, such as mortgage interest, your rent or lease, um, and utility and transportation payments. Uh, it was originally an eight-week period that you had to use those funds from the date that you were funded or if you had an alternative covered period, meaning if you got funding on a Friday, for instance, and you were a weekly payroll processor, you could change that date to the following Monday so it would fall onto your uh, actual pay period. Um, but that was uh, only for those weekly and then semi-monthly or bi-weekly had um, just the eight weeks from the date that their loan was funded. The loan maturity was two years from um, that date of the funding um, of the covered period. And you could not reduce your hours or your compensation to your employees greater than 25% or there would be a reduction in the forgiveness amount. Uh, so for instance, if you had an employee who you had reduced their hours by 30%, then the amount up to 25% would be forgiven, but that additional 5% uh, would reduce that for forgivable amount. Uh, but you did have the capability of bringing workers back by June 30th so that if you had reduced your employee count, but you did bring it back by June 30th to what your account had been as of February 2020, then you were not going to be penalized for that amount. Um, if you had an idle advance, again, that, impact, that economic impact disaster loan, if you had applied for the advance, which was the $1,000 per employee on payroll, then that advance amount would not be able to be uh, included in the forgiveness. So for instance, if you had nine employees, you had a $9,000 advance, your loan forgiveness would be reduced by that 9,000. Any amount forgiven uh, would not be able to be expensed on your federal income tax return. So the IRS didn't consider the amount that you received as income, um, but it was not going to allow you to expense those. Um, so basically what that would do would be to increase your net profit in the long run and you would be paying tax on the amount of the expense that you had paid for your employees, even though uh, you had the PPP funding, uh, it would not allow you to write off those expenses. Um, and the payment for the loan was going to be deferred for six months. Uh, now we know that there were unexpected um, delays basically in the, um, the time that people could even go back to work. Even now we have some that can't even be operating yet. So basically the government realized that the eight week period and some of the provisions of the original PPP law were not really conducive to helping the businesses because if they couldn't even open or operate, they wouldn't be able to use those funds within the eight weeks. So there was the PPP Flexibility Act uh, that was passed a few months later. And the use of funds was changed from the 75%, 25% to a 60-40 ratio. So again, as long as you had 60% of your uh, loan amount was used for payroll, then 40% could be used for those approved non-payroll costs, again, including rent, mortgage interest, utilities, um, and your state payroll taxes. 
the dates to use these funds were extended to 24 weeks rather than the eight weeks, and the loan maturity date was changed to five years. Uh, the extended date to bring your average full-time workers went from June 30th to December 31st, 2020. And you basically had a deferment of up to 10 months after your covered period ended or when the bank is actually paid for the forgiveness amount through the SBA um, before you had to start making those payments. Uh, and as we know now, we actually still aren't even able to apply for forgiveness in many cases. Um, they're starting to open that up again, but because of so many changes that have occurred with additional uh, applications that were um, created for those that had the easy form or um, had like less than $50,000 in loans, um, there have been a lot of banks that just completely shut off the forgiveness process. Uh, and that's another you know, situation where we can help and answer questions. I'm not gonna talk about that today, um, but I foresee that there could potentially be an extension on this if it takes longer than uh, that 10 months from the covered period to be able to apply for forgiveness. Uh, okay, so then we have the Taxpayer Certainty and Disaster Tax Relief Act that was passed again the end of December. 2020 that made an update yet again to the original Paycheck Protection Program. The good news uh, that I was extremely excited about uh, was that the expenses that are paid with the PPP loan funds may now be expensed on your income tax return. So you basically were able to use the funds, pay those payroll expenses or those you know, non-payroll costs that are allowed and still be able to expense those on your income tax return for 2020. The round two of PPP funding became available to businesses that experienced at least a 25% reduction in their revenue compared to the same period in 2019. So those who are still significantly hurt by the coronavirus pandemic um, can still apply for additional funding to help them keep their businesses running and their employees on payroll. There are expanded expenses as well. Some of these include uh, things for cloud software so that you can more efficiently run your business uh, from home or allow your employees to work from home. Uh, you also had expanded covered expenses um, for property damage. If you had vandalism that was not covered by your insurance. Um, if you had supplier costs that you had to continue to pay uh, for essential business services that had agreements prior to your covered period and capital expenditures uh, that would be used to facilitate compliance with safety standards that were issued. So again, if you had to um, have more space for social distancing, or perhaps you had to buy materials to put around the workstations, um, of course, the personal protective equipment, uh, things like that, that would be also a covered expense that you could include. Um, and those who had a PPP loan uh, in the past couldn't qualify for the employee retention tax credit, but that has been changed um, so that now you can use both and you just have to look into um, how you can actually qualify for both, but you may now actually go back and look at if you qualified for the employee retention tax credit in 2020 and if you can use that also in 2021. 
So if you can use the ERTC uh, and have the PPP loans, what do you need to do? Uh, the first thing to do is, again, look at the figures that you're going to be using for the employee retention tax credit. Look at those wages. Did you qualify for the second quarter of 2020? If so, look at what you paid for each employee. Again, it's up to a $10,000 max for each employee. If you had any additional wages above that 10000 in that second quarter, then if that is in your covered period, you can use those wages towards your PPP funding. And same thing, again, if you're looking at third quarter or fourth quarter, depending on how you are going to calculate calculate those wages. Now, again, the ERTC in 2020 is for 10,000 for the whole year. Um, so you don't necessarily have to look at each quarter um, to determine your PPP availability of using those funds and the ERTC, but you will need to adjust your ERTC by quarter. So you'll still want to look at those numbers. So if you paid employees more than 10,000, in the 2020 year and you have calculated what you have for the ERTC, depending on your Paycheck Protection Program covered dates, those amounts above and beyond that maximum amount you're using for the ERTC can be used for payroll dollars on your calculations for that payroll cost. Uh, but again, remember you also have non-payroll expenses that can also be used in your Paycheck Protection Program forgiveness application. So 40% of your loan amount can be, again, for rent, mortgage interest, utilities, uh, state payroll taxes, and things like that. So look at the amounts for your Paycheck Protection Program, what you can use for non-payroll costs, look at the payroll expenses that remain that you did not, qualify for the ERTC and those amounts can be used. Again, you want to make sure that your uh, payroll dollars that you use do make at least 60% of your funding to have the full forgiveness on your PPP loan. Again, in the original PPP loan, it was only good for eight weeks. So now with the 24 week extension, you probably can qualify using the amounts of your payroll costs from 2020 for ERTC, as well as the Paycheck Protection Program. So just be careful looking at those calculations to make sure you determine those numbers properly. Okay, so PPP round two. We know that we recently had the capability of starting to apply for a second round PPP if certain qualifications you know, happen. Um, number one, there had to be a 25% reduction in your income to be able to apply. So if you had a loan in the first round, you may not qualify for the second round if you didn't have a 25% or greater reduction in your revenue. Um, but for those of you who did, you can go ahead and apply for the PPP round two. There are um, some special things happening right now um, with the Biden-Harris additional legislation that they have um, put through saying that the smallest businesses only can apply through March 9th. So again, if you have 20, if you have less than 20 employees, then you want to apply immediately because the bigger businesses are on hold through that date. 
the administration says they've set aside a billion dollars for businesses, for sole proprietors, and those who are self-employed without employees that are located in the low or moderate income areas. Um, and there's also um, former felons that will be able to be included, as well as some additional um, adjustments that I'm going to discuss with you um, in just a minute. Now, one of the things, again, to consider is that you don't have to have applied for forgiveness yet for your first round PPP, but you do have to have used your funds from your first round PPP before you apply for the second round. So hopefully you did already account for all of that and you've used those dollars so that you can apply if you qualify for round two. Um, so basically, as I was talking about that small business, um, they wanted to help the small business owner, even if they didn't have those employees, they really want to look at helping the women-owned and minority-owned businesses as well. Um, so the plan for this round two PPP is really meant to assist helping those business owners who might have missed out on some of the funding originally, or it was difficult uh, for them to get funding. So again, if you actually did not apply for PPP round one, um, go ahead and do that too, because you still could qualify for that. And you don't have to have that 25% reduction in round one. Um, so one of the things that also has some changes to it, which did not apply for the original PPP, was if you were a felon. So as long as you had a non-fraud felony conviction in the last five years or any other felony within the previous year, you can now apply for the Paycheck Protection Program under what they're considering the Second Chance Act. There's also assistance for those who are late on their student loans. So we know that a lot of people have had a difficulty being able to pay for their loans with reduced income personally and in, in businesses. And so if you have defaulted on your loan, you are now able to apply for a PPP. Those in the administration um, who really want to make a difference see that, yes, you have you know, del been delinquent on your federal debt, but they do want to be able to help you continue to grow your business so that, of course, you'll have the income to be able to pay back that debt um, as things start to improve. And finally, there's actually access for non-U.S. citizens who are lawful U.S. residents. So if you have an ITIN number and you are able to file your tax returns using that, then you can now also apply for the PPP loan round two. So again, it can be quite confusing uh, for figuring out the ERTC, the PPP, did you use all your funds for round one? Can you apply for round two? Um, so if you are feeling overwhelmed, um, confused, you don't know how this credit will apply for you and your business, of course, you can give my staff a call at our office, 310-534-5577. Um, of course, you could reach out to us at contact at abandp.com. 
we can give you a call, discuss with you your situation, find the information uh, from you to see, again, if you would qualify or if you need help with forgiveness. We are also helping with the forgiveness applications. I did not talk specifically about the forgiveness on this topic because I really wanted to focus on, you know, the employee retention tax credit and the paycheck protection program and how now you can actually qualify for both um, and answer some of those questions. Um, but I know this is an overwhelming topic. It's probably still confusing, even with this kind of the brief introduction I was trying to give today. So feel free to reach out to us so we can answer those questions for you. Um, and I would love to uh, share additional resources with you too. So uh, be sure to check out our blog on our website, uh, abnp.com. We do answer a lot of questions as things were happening with the Paycheck Protection Program. We've been posting over time kind of what those things are and as things change, we're updating. Uh, so feel free to check out our blog for additional resources as well. But I do want to thank you for tuning in, listening to this episode. I hope you found it helpful and it answered a few questions about the employer retention tax credit and the Paycheck Protection Program. If you have additional questions or comments, again, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and our general media box for any just wanting to reach out for topic questions or, or, or comments is media at abandp.com. So if you have any questions or comments not related to this topic, feel free to send that to media at abmp.com. Again, if you want to have a discussion regarding your specifics on the employer retention tax credit or the Paycheck Protection Program, contact us by phone or email and we're happy to discuss that with you as well. Uh, I hope you could also would share this with those you know. I'm sure they're probably just as confused or overwhelmed and would find this information helpful to help them understand that they may qualify for both and what to do in case they do qualify, how to start to figure that calculation. So if you would share this, I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to tune in again next time for another interesting topic that we'll be sharing. And I'll have another guest again uh, on that episode. And feel free to reach out to us through Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn as well. And again, you can find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.